I'm, I've got a brand new series that I'm kicking off, and I'm just going to dive right into it with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here. I pray, Lord, that as we kick off a brand new series about declaration, Lord, you will bring life change into our lives. You will confront us and challenge us in every way that we will have a year not only of, of change, but also of celebration. We will have the best year yet in Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. look at your neighbor and say, Happy New, Year. Happy New Year. The series is called, I Declare. Everybody say, I Declare. I Declare. I declare. It's, a, uh, it's, it's a declaration uh, to declare. That is a formal or explicit statement to announce, to, make, to, to give a clear, detailed image that leaves no room for doubt. That is, that is what it is to declare. When I think of declaration, I think of the Declaration of Independence. Maybe that's what you think of where in 19 or in 1776, our founding fathers come together and decided that they would be, uh, they declared themselves independent from Great Britain. And they decided that all men were created and had, or were created equal and had a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Think about, think about the declaration of marriage. Think about what it is to be, to be married or the, the, the ceremony of marriage. That is to come out with a declaration that says, from now on, until death do us part, from now on, I have chosen this person. It's not like, well, we're a couple, we're together, uh, we may change our minds or whatever. That's, that's kind of a, a loose-knit type of relationship. But when you get married, you make a public proclamation and you make a declaration that from now on until one of us passes from this life I have chosen this person amen that's that's why that's why we get married that's why it's that's why it's a public thing because it is a declaration that there is no other person in my life except for this person God is a God of declaration in Deuteronomy 4 and 13, it says, And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. In the New Testament, God declared his love for us by giving his only son. Just so we can be clear, God was saying, just so we can be clear, so there's no doubt that I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I have ransomed you just so you will know I have given my son. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament covenant was written in stone, as I said before. But in the New Testament, it's written in the blood of Christ. To declare within the context of Scripture, the Hebrew word there means to say or to pronounce. In other words, to let it be known in a public sense. These types of statements. And with this train of thought, I thought in order for 2017 to be the year that we want, in order for, for God to move in our lives, we've got some things that are on the brink of happening in our lives, especially in the church. God is about to do, I believe, some incredible things in this church. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I mean, with every rock that's going up out there and everything that's happening, and I step into that building almost every day, and I pray every time I go in there that, God, you will do some incredible things through this church. But in order for that to take place, I believe that there are some things that we have to declare, not only as a church, but as individuals. Let it be known types of statements. Listen to me. We can't do anything about what has happened in our past life. 
Now, that's, that's the point of declaring. Declaring is saying, I'm, I'm going to do something about the here and now. Now, we can't do anything about whatever happened in 2014, 15, or 16. Maybe 2000, 2016, that was a year where you, you, you stumbled, you fell. Maybe you fell into sin. Maybe, maybe your life was a wreck in 2016. Can't do anything about 2016. Hey, if it was bad, it's gone. If it was bad, forget it. If it was good, okay, remember it, but it's gone. You can't do anything about the past, but you can make decisions today. In fact, you can set them in stone. You can declare it in your life and make decisions today that are going to affect your future and give you the best year that you've ever had. You believe that? Say amen. amen. Here's what we can do. We can write it down and we can speak it. That's, that is an act of declaration. That's what I'm, I'm telling you guys today. And, and let me encourage you over the next few weeks as we declare some things in our lives together. And I'm about to get to our first declaration as we do these things, I want you to write them down. And maybe you're not a person here that, that takes notes a lot of times. I want to encourage you over the, over the next few weeks to take notes. There is, I believe the statistics are, there's a 70% greater chance to follow through on things and to remember things if you not only speak it, but if you write it down. I mean, that's, that's, kind, of my, uh, that's kind of my the method to my madness. A lot of times I will have you guys say something. It's not because... I just want to hear you talk. A lot of times if you say something, and, and, I, and I'll have you do that here in just a second. If you say something, there's a greater chance that you'll remember it. But there's an even greater chance if you write certain things down. If you're here and you're ready for renewal in your life, and God, is, you believe, and you're praying that God is going to change some things in your life, I want to tell you something. This series of messages is for you. If that be the case, then it's worth writing down and taking some notes. Amen? I'm going to write it down. I'm going to speak it out loud. I'm going to declare it. Here's our first declaration. I declare. Everybody says, I, I declare. I declare that I am a follower of Christ. I want you to say that with me. Say, I declare that I am a follower of Christ. One more time. I declare I am a follower of Christ. Not that I want to be. Not that I'm thinking about it. And maybe that's not where you are right now. Maybe you... Maybe you, you're, you're in a place where you're struggling somewhere in life. Maybe, that's, maybe that is not exactly where you are, but we're going to declare it. Because you'll never get there until you start speaking it. You hear me? Say, well, I'm not there yet. Well, well we're, going to start, we're going to declare it right now. Not that, not that we're thinking about it. Not that we're growing and becoming a follower of Christ. Yes, we're going to grow in it. We're going to do things that help us grow. But we're going to declare it that we are we are followers of Christ. In Joshua, the 24th chapter, in the 15th verse, on the brink of the Israelites stepping into a promised land, they were led by this great leader, Joshua, who replaced Moses. And he looks at these people, and he'd been walking with these people for over 40 years, about 45 years at this moment. And I guarantee you, at about 80 years old, Joshua... About 45 years prior to that, on the brink of entering the promised land when they didn't believe, and then they had to turn around and go out into the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua was not one of them that didn't believe. He wanted to enter the promised land, but he, he was, the sentence was passed on to him anyway. He had to walk around for 40 years. Man, I can tell you, by looking at this verse, he was probably a little bit frustrated with the Israelites. He looks at the Israelites and he says, How long 
Are you going to be indecisive about your walk with God? How long are you going to, are you going to be, the, the, the King James Version says, how long will you halt between two decisions? In other words, you can't decide whether or not you're going to live for God and serve God or you're not. How long are you going to be in limbo? He says, either, either serve the gods of your fathers, live in adultery, or live for, live for God, but decide how long are you going to be indecisive? Let me ask you something. How many times have you gotten to the end of the year or the beginning of the year and you decided to yourself, this is the year that it's going to happen. This is the year that I'm going to live for God. This is the year that I'm going to make changes. This is the year that I'm going to become a better father, a better mother. This is the year that I'm going to become a spiritual leader in my home. This is the year that I'm going to get involved in church. This is the year. How many times have we said that, but sometime in between that and living life, we took a step back. How long are we going to let that happen? How long, Joshua says. He says this. If it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that they served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, I like this declaration. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, I can't speak for what you're going to do. I've seen God do some, Joshua, Joshua's probably thinking, I've seen God work some miracles. I mean, he parted the Red Sea. We were there, man. We were there that, 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 that God did all these incredible miracles. But I can tell you what I'm going to do. You can be indecisive if you want to. You can go back on that commitment. You can be double-minded for years. But I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And from this moment on, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. There is power in what we declare. Let's, let's do that. Let's draw some lines in the sand. Let's, let's set some things in stone. Let's solidify in front of our friends and family. Let's make it very, very clear. Why? Because when we begin to do that is when God begins to move in our lives. God will not bless disobedience. James says, that a double-minded person, somebody who can't decide whether they're going to be in or out, that person is unstable in their ways, and they're deceived if they think God is going to bless that type of a person. You've got to come to grips with the fact that you're going to declare it in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, declare it. So many Christians are too casual. I believe this. We are too casual in our walk with Christ. You know, where we live, we don't suffer persecution for the most part. People might you know, might make fun of us and people at work might look at you and not agree with your walk. And, and it's becoming more and more unpopular to be a Christian. But really, we've never suffered any type of persecution. Not like they're suffering in other countries. Not like they did in the first generation church. And I, I think that that causes us to be a little bit casual. We live and we've grown up in the Bible Belt. Even places in the north and the east. I hear stories and I have friends that live there that say it's, it's really different to live for God in, in, you know, up north or east or west or, or the coast. Something about the ocean that causes people to be sinners. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but uh, maybe there's something about red mud that makes us live for God. I don't know. But it's different to live here. And with that in mind, we, be, we become, I believe, casual Christians in our walk. And we don't have to really declare anything. See, when you're not when you don't have to, a lot of the reasons that we don't want to really come out and really declare things is because we don't want to be labeled a, a fanatic or, or a radical. We don't want that label. 
We don't, we don't want people, we don't, we don't want to be named as, you know, Bible thumpers or, or whatever they call us. I don't want to come across as too judgmental. Listen, you don't have to do that. You don't have to come across with anything. Because all you have to do now is let people know you're a Christian. You carry Christ's name. Once upon a time, you had to be a little bit up in people's face and carry your Bible around or whatever, preach on street corners, whatever. You had to really, really be radical for people to think. Now, for you to be radical and be way out there and be crazy and, you know, some people think that we're biased or bigots, all you have to do is say, I'm a Christian. It is becoming so unpopular to live for God. And there are some people that it doesn't matter how much you try to be sympathetic or how much you try to endure or whatever, be tolerant. Some people, they don't care because the only thing that matters is you carry Christ's name. Listen to what Jesus said. They were suffering this. Before Jesus died, they were facing this. Jesus said to them, John, the 15th chapter and the 18th verse, if this world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. But all these things, he talked about what they would go through. They would suffer persecution. Some of them might die. They would be uh, dragged before courts. We haven't suffered those things. However, they were about to face some of these things. And Jesus said, the reason that these things are happening is because you carry my name. And don't be surprised. And I know that these, this was a first generation church. And I know that he was, he was prophesying over what was going to take place in their lives. But don't be surprised if we don't face some kinds of things in, in our lifetime. Because our religion is growing more and more unpopular. It's growing more and more unpopular. I was talking to a woman who lost a right to teach a seminar because, a couple of weeks ago, because she used the name of Jesus. They came and talked to her and said, listen, you can say God, but you, can't not, you cannot say Jesus in this form. And if you say it again, you cannot teach her anymore. I got to thinking about that. That, that is the world. That, that, that would be unheard of about 20 years ago. But that is the world and that is the country that we are living in. However, if we're not careful, we will fear and be, we, will, we will fear man and become people pleasers more than God pleasers. And now... More than ever, it is important that we declare who and whose we are. Amen? Amen? Now is the time. Why this declaration? Why, this dec- why is it so important that we declare these things and, and draw lines in the sand and let it be known who we are? And I'm not talking about getting up in people's face, and I'm not talking about forcing anything on other people. I'm talking about solidify things in your life. If you solidify things in your life and declare things in your life, you don't have to walk around telling everybody who you are and what you are. They'll just know it. But if we don't do that, what happens is it relieves us of a little bit of personal accountability. As long as you don't stand for anything, nobody will expect anything of you. You know what I'm saying? As long as people don't know that you're a Christian, they'll never expect you to live a certain way. But there's, some, there's a certain expectation that people have when people are Christians. More and more, uh, it's becoming more and more in my life because uh, our church is growing and people, more and more people are knowing about faith going because of Bikes for Kids and all the things that we do that every time that I go to town and do anything, every time I walk in, uh, you know, every time I walk into Walmart or something, somebody will say something to me that uh, will say something like, aren't you that pastor? And 
as soon as somebody says that to me, I think about, my mind goes to the last 10 minutes of my life. What did I just do? <laughs> Aren't you that pastor that, you know what I'm saying? It brings some accountability. Now, there is a natural account- accountability for me because of what I do for a living. But it helps me. Aren't you that pastor? Don't you pastor that church out there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I guess I shouldn't send my food back and be rude to the waitress. You know what I'm saying? It brings, it, all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, I belong to somebody. I carry somebody's name. I don't, I don't necessarily care about what people think about me because of, you know, of, I don't care. It, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with me trying to be popular. It's not anything about that. It's about whose name I bear and who I care. I represent Christ. So that brings accountability. So, if, so if, if you never take a stand, if you never declare anything in your life and nobody knows how you live and, and all your friends, they do and say whatever. I mean, at some point, I mean, if somebody really, really cusses out somebody in front of you, they should look over at you and say, oh, sorry about that. You know what I'm saying? They should know something. They should know that you're okay, uh, that you're not okay with, with some things. You don't have to, you don't have to, Say, hey, cut that out. You don't have to say anything if you declare it and you live it in your life every single day. Am I making sense? So I declare, since I have declared that I will follow Christ, that's what, and you did too because I just heard you say it a while ago. We declare that together, that we would follow Christ. I am a follower of Christ, therefore I will. I am, therefore I will. Now, declarations without things that back up without actions that back up what you declared is just lip service, right? I declare that I am a child of God. I de- well, are you living it? No, sir, but I'm declaring it. I don't know about that. I am, therefore I will. Because I've decided that I will follow Christ, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to decide once and for all that I'm going to live for him unashamedly. Amen? I am not going to be ashamed of his name. I am not going to be ashamed of living for Christ. The apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans says this, Romans 1 and 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Gentile for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. He says, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's talking to Roman Jews. He's talking to people that are growing up in the church and wondering whether or not they should do this because of literal persecution that is happening. In fact, it was, it was against, law, against the law to be a Christian in some of these cities. So he would say to this, he would say to them, I am not ashamed of the gospel because in it is the explanation and the definition of salvation. So we can't be ashamed. If we're ashamed of the gospel of Christ, how is the gospel of Christ going to be spread about the world? Amen? We decide. We also decide that we're going to live passionately for Christ. We're going to be white, hot, unashamed, on fire for God. In Revelation, the second chapter, there are seven letters written to seven churches uh, the Bible calls that land in those days Asia. It would be modern Turkey today. <clears throat> That's a funny name for a country, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I thought it was. Where are you from? Turkey. It's not very politically correct, is it? Sorry about that. 
But uh, anybody from Turkey? Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good, good. But there were seven letters written to seven churches of Asia. And he gets to the last of those letters. This is basically a message from the Lord to the churches that to compliment them, to encourage them, to exhort them in what they're doing. It, was, it would be, be like the Lord walking into our church and saying, hey, there are some things that you guys are doing that you're just knocking it out of the park. And I want you to know that, that if you endure, that, that there's, there's going to be a crown of life and there's blessing for your life. And, uh, and what you've done in the community and what you're doing by building a church, I just want to commend you. However, there are some things that I want to address. These are the types of letters. I believe it was the last church. It was the church of Laodicea. And the, La- La- the church of Laodicea was a church that he commends and he compliments. And the same thing, he exhorts them. But there is this resounding word in that letter that's, that, that's, that keeps con- turning over and turning over. And the term is lukewarm. It's a lukewarm. It's a church that started out with a white, hot passion that they were on fire for God and they were movers and they were shakers. But somewhere in, in that process, they, they, they became, they, they lost their passion. It's almost like how I would think of the church in the United States that, that man, we've heard the message of the gospel for so long and we've done so much and, and God has moved and, 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 and the, the, the story that God has done, we can all tell you that story. We all know the stories in the Bible. It, it tends to, to get old if we're not careful. But he says to them, I wish that you were hot, but you're not. I wish that, in fact, I wish that that you were cold. I wish that you were one of two extremes. I wish you were on fire. But if you're not on fire, at least be cold. But because you're lukewarm, you're in the middle, I can't take it. I mean, it's kind of like, Nobody likes to drink room temperature coffee, right? I mean, you either want hot coffee or you want iced coffee. Anybody drink iced coffee? Uh, what's wrong with you people? Iced coffee? But when my, when my coffee gets room temperature, you put it in, and it's the same temperature of your mouth or a little bit cooler, I mean, what do you do? You want to spit it out. And that's what God says. I, I, wish, you were, I wish you were hot, on fire. In fact, if you're not going to be on fire, I'd, re- I'd rather you be cold. But because you're lukewarm, I can't take the taste of a lukewarm church. Listen, we must decide that we're going to live this and we're going to be on fire for God. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on fire. So first of all, to back up, the fa- to back up my declaration of, of being a follower of Christ, I'm going to decide once and for all to live for him. Another thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to make it known. What do I mean by that? I believe that we all, if you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized. You believe that? We need to be, you need to get baptized if you have never been baptized. Listen, it is easy to raise your hand in this environment, in this church. We do that on purpose. There's nothing in the Bible that says when somebody gets saved, they need to face their greatest fear to get up in front of strangers and walk the aisles in front of everybody. There's nothing in the Bible that says it. What does it say? Romans 10 and 9 10. If you believe on the Lord Jesus, you confess that he was raised from the dead. So we hold on to that scripture and we don't make people walk aisles. We don't make them stand in front of everybody. However, however, everybody say however. However. We take you down in the water 
That's where you go public. That's when you tell everybody in front of your friends. We wait for that day. We, we, we tell you to invite your friends and your family in front of all the church. We take you. This is a baptistry, by the way, if you don't know that. We take you down in the water. Now, that does not make you saved. My grandfather used to say, we can baptize you until the bullfrogs know you by your first name. <laughs> that won't make you saved. That doesn't make you saved, but that proclaims in front of everybody that you unashamedly live for God. I am a follower of Christ, and I want everybody to know I am all in. Amen? Amen. It's time, if you haven't gone all in, that you go all in. Galatians 3 and 27 says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism, in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. You go down an old person symbolically and come up a brand new person. It doesn't change your physical attribute. If you were ugly when you went down, when you came up, you were still ugly. Nope, he didn't change. Just take him down again. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. But on the inside, you come up a brand new person. We need to go all in. There's something very, very powerful about us taking you down in the water in front of all your friends. It's something very, very powerful. I don't know. Maybe there is something in the water. Who knows? I don't know for sure, but there's something very powerful as far as as spiritually thinking of being baptized. In Romans 6 and 3, it says, have you forgotten that those who were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. Not only did we join him in his death, but we joined him in the resurrection. And baptism is a representation of that. I've heard people tell me before, do I have to be baptized to be a Christian? My answer to that is, the Bible doesn't say you have to be baptized baptized to be a Christian. But why wouldn't you want to be baptized? You don't want to get your hair wet? We got dark colored shirts. You know what I'm saying? Why, Why don't you want to be baptized? You get that? You know what I'm trying to say there? Okay, okay. Don't go, don't take that. All right, I'm saying, there's, uh, why don't you want to be baptized? Why don't you want to go public with this? It's kind of like, you know, getting married, but we're going to keep it a secret. I'm not going to tell anybody that you're my wife. Don't tell anybody. Don't wear your rings. You know what I'm saying? What would that be like? You, you, would, you would question the commitment level there. Jesus himself was baptized. He walks down into the muddy Jordan River. Uh, John the Baptist looks at him and say, whoa, 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 I'm not baptizing you. You can baptize me. You are God in the flesh. I'm not even worthy to unbuckle your sandals. Jesus steps out into that muddy river and says, no, you're going to baptize me. Hey, if it's good enough for Jesus to be baptized, it's probably good enough for you. Right? Not only was he baptized himself, he commanded us to make disciples and baptize people. Let's go all in. And make 2017 a year of public proclamation and go all in. Amen? So we're going to decide. Second of all, we're going to go all in. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to get busy. What do I mean by that? That means we're going to do what it means to become a follower of Christ. Now, we can declare it. That's pretty easy. Second of all, we can go all in. We can get baptized. Well, that, that's, that's the public proclamation. Yes, all those are important, but still... There's the grind that we have to do when it comes to Christian. Maybe that's not a very good term. Is living for God a grind sometimes? I don't know. I guess it could be. But at the same time, there are things that we must do on a daily basis that establishes our salvation and our commitment level. It gives us the ability to get through a day and and to become overcomers in Christ. Ephesians 4 and 1 says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, 
urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called. Walk in a way that is worthy. In other words, walk like you got it. If, 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 that's what, if you've got salvation, if you've got the spirit of the Lord, if you've got God working in your life, you've given your life to Christ, you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, then that should affect your daily walk, right? That when people look at your life, they should say, man, they got it. Look at your neighbor and say, walk like you got it. Man, they got it. I want some of that. I want some of what they got. You need to walk like you got it. What, is that, what does that look like? Let me tell you something. It's very practical. You learn these things in growth track. Number one, now this is rocket science. You got to read the Bible. Right? Too many times we're trying to live for God without a daily dose of the scripture, of our manual. Listen to me. You will limp your entire life as far as your spiritual walk with God if you are not getting into the word every single day. I'm not telling you that you need to read six chapters of the Bible. I'm not telling you how much to read. I'm telling you that you need a, a piece of that word in your life every single day. It is our manual. It is how God speaks to us. The Holy Spirit, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit transforms your life, but it is fleshed out and it was lived out as we understand and live according to this word. If I am going to declare that I'm a follower of Christ, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to back that up by reading his book. Amen? Another thing is I'm going to pray. How I'm going to get busy is I'm going to pray. I told you, I told you this is not rocket science. Well, I'm going to pray on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about, well, it's time to eat. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for our food. That's cute and everything, but you're not going to get very far in your relationship with God. Let me tell you something. Your relationship with God grows deeper as you speak to him on a daily basis. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that you walk around praying all the time like you're talking to yourself and people think you're nuts. That's not what I'm talking about. That means at any instant in your life, we should be living in such a way that we speak to God like he was right there beside us. You look at something in nature that touches you. And I do this all the time like, man, Lord, that is beautiful. Thank you for showing me that. Driving down the road, barely miss somebody. Somebody about runs into you or whatever. Whoa, thank you, Lord, for watching over me. Thank you for helping me pay attention in a split second right there. Not making a bad decision. All these, all these kinds of things. You, we should be living in such a way that we, we have a, a, a mind to pray. Next thing we're going to do there, as far as getting busy, is we're going to stop the sinful lifestyle issues. We're going to stop sinful lifestyle issues. What do I mean by that? That doesn't mean that we never sin again. That's impossible. It's impossible for us to stop sinning completely and never sin. Nobody's perfect, right? However, I'm talking about sinful lifestyle. I'm talking about coming to this place and asking for forgiveness, walking out and doing what we have always done. Repenting is to do an about face. It is to change what you've been doing. That is repent. You're going one way, repent. You go another way. A lot of times what we do is we ask for forgiveness, but we don't repent. We don't change. And what happens is there is no life change. We're living in a, li we're living in a lifestyle of sin. Listen to me. Make 2017 a year where you no longer live the lifestyle of sin. Make that decision. Amen? What are you doing in your life that is... I, I, I sin. I, I have to ask for forgiveness every single day. We all do. But I'm talking about 
doing things every single day that, that promotes a lifestyle of sin. God will not bless disobedience. And a lot of times we're praying about things in our lives. I don't care what you post on your Facebook wall about God if you're living like the devil every single day. Let me just say that right now. Stop living a lifestyle of sin. Why? Because I want God to bless your life. And we are agreeing in prayer that God is going to change your life, but he's not going to change our lives and move greatly in our lives if we're living in such a way that is not pleasing to God. Amen? Amen. I could spend a whole message on that. I could spend a whole message on that preaching to me. Travis, be part of his church. I'm going to get busy being a part of his church. It's important to understand that God blesses us as we connect to his body. This is the bride of Christ. This is, this is his wife, if you will. It is going to be presented in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb in the next life. It, we as a church are going to be presented. There's going to be a wedding. That's what he thinks about this church. This is his bride. And how you treat his bride. What if I, what if I were to treat your wife in a, in a negative way? What if, what if you asked me to take, you were to go out of town and say, hey, I'm going to leave for about a year. Will you make sure that you take care of my, but just take care and make sure, watch my kids and, and watch my, and if I were to be neglectful and if I was to be mean, when you came back, you'd be upset, wouldn't you? He's going to return. He's coming back. And how we deal with his church and how we deal with his bride, he's going to bring that into an account. Amen. I'm going to be part of his church. I'm not just going to be a spectator, but I'm going to get involved. Listen to me. You keep saying, and I say you, I mean we, but I'm going to talk to you for a second because it sounds better for me. It makes me feel better if I can talk at you. You keep saying every single year that you're going to make a change. We keep talking about that. You keep talking about the things. And this time last year, you made some resolutions. You decided that, and I, I don't care about weight loss resolution. I don't care anything about extra. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you said to yourself, you made a commitment to yourself that you were going to live for God. You made a commitment that this would be a different year, January 1st, 2016. And whatever happened, I don't know. Maybe you made excuses. Maybe you had half-hearted commitment. But there's no more time for those kinds of issues. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't nobody got time for that. Life is too short for that. Life is too short to watch years go by. Years go by and you never rise to the place where you're supposed to be who God called you to be. You never experience the blessings of God at the level that he designed for you. You never get involved on a spiritual level that he planned. You don't experience that for yourself. You don't experience that for your family because you never declare and follow through. This is the year of declaration for you. Are you hearing me? Today is the day. This is the season of declaration. I believe that for this church. I believe this for your life. But let me tell you something. We can't move forward as a body of Christ if we don't move forward as individuals. Amen? At the beginning of this brand new year, I want to declare that I am a follower of Christ. I will decide this. I will go all in and I will get busy. Amen? Let's make a statement this year and follow through with what we've declared. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And I thank you, Lord, for confronting us. These are very confrontational words that I speak and confront not only myself but all of us 
This is something that we must do in our lives in order for us to experience what you have for us in the future. We can't do anything about the past. We can't do anything about the failures that we have last year, but we can make decisions today that affect a brand new year. I pray, Lord, that we drive a stake in the ground in our lives. We declare some things in our lives that will bring about change. And we back up that declaration with a decision by going all in. And Heavenly Father, I pray that we follow through with our actions, that we get busy. Speak to people today wherever we are and bring change where it needs to take place in Christ's name. As your heads are bowed, maybe God is dealing with you right now. Maybe the thing for you is you live for God, you serve God, but God is dealing with you. There are some things that you need to confront and you need to declare in your life. You need to declare some things. You need to go public on some things about your stand on situations. I don't know what that is. Maybe your declaration is you need to say in front of your family, fellas, I am going to be the man that God called me to be. Whether it's that, maybe it's you as a, as a wife that you need to declare to your husband or to your wife that I can't do anything about the past, but I can tell you from this moment on that I am going to be the person that God has called me to be. I'm going to be the person that you deserve. You need to declare that. Bring some accountability for yourself. Maybe there's something else. Maybe it's, it's an opportunity that God has placed in your life that you let slip through your hands every single year that, that, that you really feel God is compelling you to step out and, and, and act in faith. God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you, but, but because of fear of whatever, you need to declare that, that there's no more going back, and this is what you're going to do. Whatever the case may be in your life, I want to agree with you in prayer right now. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for everybody that's here. If you're here and you're sitting next to somebody that you love, just take them by the hand as an act of agreement. Lord, I pray for everybody that's here, God, that is at a place in their lives where they need to make some declarations. I don't know what they are. That's not necessary. But your Holy Spirit is urging us and quickening our hearts to declare some things. We need to write it down. We need to declare it, and we need to back it up with our actions. At the brink and at the beginning of a brand new year, now is the time for us to make these decisions, to draw a line in the sand and say, it happens from this moment on. Can't do anything about the past. Can't do anything about my past failures. I can't do anything about last year, but I can make a decision today that today this begins. Today this stops. Today I move forward with God. I pray that by your Holy Spirit we rise up, we declare it, and we do something about what we have declared in the name of Jesus. If you believe that and receive it, say amen. If you continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. This is for you if you don't know Christ. If he is not Lord and Savior of your life, whether the case may be that you have never given your life to Christ. You've never said, Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. Or it's that at some moment you walked away from God. 
whether it was last year, whether it be years ago, God has brought you to this place where you know that God is speaking to your heart. I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to stand. As I said before, not going to embarrass you, not going to ask you to come down here. This is between you, me, and God. I just want to know if there are people here that are serious enough to let me know. If you can say, Travis, I... If you'll pray that prayer, I'll repeat it after you, and we'll all pray it together. If that's you, you can say, Travis, today is the day that I'm going to give my life to Christ. And you're serious about it. I just want to know. Just lift your hand up and put it down real quickly so I'll know. Can anybody say that? I'm not where I should be with God. I walked away from God. Today I'm returning, and I want to pray, and I'm going to pray with you. I'll just ask one more time. If that's you, I just need to see your hand very quickly. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today. Anybody? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for those that are here, and I trust that we all believe in you. If not, I pray, God, that we will surrender ourselves to you. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church, and I thank you, Lord, for the people that were saved in 2016. But I look forward to a brand new year where hundreds of people will once again give their lives to Christ through this church. I pray, Lord, and I speak that, and I declare that, there's a soul win- that this is a soul-winning church. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the lives of these people and at Faith Co. Church in Christ's name. Everybody said? Amen. I'm going to ask you guys.